Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Recap of Honor. I'm your host, Colin Tessa of Wrestling.com. Uh, lots to talk about this week, to say the least, obviously, with the news last week breaking that Ring of Honor will be going on a hiatus of beginning, uh, the first quarter, I should say, of 2022, and lots of reports spinning out of that. On top of that, we've got a very fun episode of Ring of Honor Wrestling, the, the Halloween special edition. This is, uh, we're recording on the November 1st, the day after Halloween, so I hope everyone has celebrated, enjoyed Halloween, obviously, a very fun, spooky holiday here in Ring of Honor Wrestling, definitely recognize that, so, um, obviously, I, I think it'd be, be uh, Fitting to start with that and then dig into the news because uh, as I was watching the the episode which aired on YouTube last night, uh, I thought it was a very good example of like how Ring of Honor really does put on a good show, uh, a great show every week with Ring of Honor Wrestling. That's what I, that's what I've been saying uh, for as long as I've been doing this show. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about that show before we get into all of the other things here, but. Before I do this, I just want to remind you all this show, like everything we do here, is available on, on any number of streaming platforms. I call it Spotify, YouTube, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So, like I said, let's dig into the uh, Halloween special of Ring of Honor Wrestling here. Uh, this was a really fun show. Uh, it literally aired on Halloween, which I don't think was the intended plan. Uh, the, I guess the, the Ring of Honor parent company, Sinclair Broadcast Group, uh, was dealing with a, with a ransomware attack. Some various out, outlets reported that, and they may have uh, either lost the footage or, or had various like uh, technical difficulties in that regard. So uh, on TV, they aired kind of a, a clip show, a highlight show for Jay Lethal, uh, where and this this intended episode. Uh, rather than airing uh, over the weekend slash on Fight TV. I think it's, it should still run Fight, Fight TV tonight. I'm not sure about that. But they, they shared it on the Ring of Honor YouTube channel on Halloween night. So what a perfect way to celebrate Halloween. Uh, what better way than, than watching the Ring of Honor Halloween special? Uh, I, I thought that was really cool, just like to actually have it on the day itself. So, and and this literally, like it was a perfect celebration of Halloween. You had Ian Riccoboni dressed as a Teletubby, which was fantastic. Uh, that man is, is such an amazing broadcaster. If you haven't seen that yet, uh, he shared a long uh, emotional message about what we'll talk about later, the, the hiatus and Ring of Honor's future, his own future, talking about his his career in Ring of Honor, calling it a dream. He shared that in a tweet uh, on Twitter, and uh, it's just really worth checking out. It's a very wonderful message about uh, his time in Ring of Honor and his hope for the future there, so make sure to check that out. But Ian was dressed as the Teletubby. Mark Briscoe said it on commentary at one point. He was dressed as Mario. Uh, just a very very fun show just right off the bat in that regard and uh there there was definitely like some halloween themed um presentation in terms of like the lighting in the arena the graphics in the arena uh they played some like halloween themed songs here and there uh we had delirious kind of preview the show you know kind of a fitting character for halloween let alone dan house and the npco being on the show um, so that was really, really fun in that regard as well. But it kicked off with a women's tag team match. We had the, the women's the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion Roxy and Quinn McKay facing Miranda Elise and Maxine Paler. This has been kind of uh, brewing for a while here. Of course, Roxy defeated Elise uh, in the finals of the women's title tournament back at Death Before Dishonor. And uh, she's kind of, uh, I should say, Elise has kind of formed a maybe a, a soft alliance with Maxine Paler and Amy Rose. Uh, just kind of this. Uh, you know, mutual agreement to try to target Roxy and trying to, uh, you know, so the both of their, their sites set on the title. Uh, really fun storytelling here with uh, Elise kind of, I guess, manipulating Max in some ways, kind of like taking advantage of the way they uh, overpowered Roxy and, and McKay whenever they entered the match. And the, the story was clearly that Roxy and McKay were trying to prevent Max from entering the match at any and, and all costs because they knew that Max would overpower them and that's exactly what they did. Uh, you know, Max really just slammed him around at one point. She like slammed him, slammed them both at the same time. Uh, that was that was really a sight to see. And Elise capitalized on that. She tied herself in after Elise had slammed, I think, both Roxy and McKay at one point near the end of the match. And Elise basically stole the pin after Max hit their their finisher on McKay. So definitely got the uh, you know stole the win there in some ways, but definitely uh, perhaps set herself up for a, a, a rematch there. Um, you know, in, in, in terms of, you know, she got the, the pin on McKay in this match with Roxy. And I think many fans, myself included, would like to see a rematch with Elise and uh, and Roxy for the title. Roxy can oppose the title after uh, the match. So it kind of hinted that that might be where we're heading here. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see whether that happens or not. But I think that'd be a very good match. They had a great match at Death Before Dishonor. So I think that'd be very, very fun as well. Michael MD Muna. Oh, sorry. MD Muna Michael. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it. I'm sorry. Saying he's a big fan of ours from Bangladesh. I appreciate it. Hope you're doing well today. 
Uh, thank you for the support. I always appreciate that. So uh, in honor of the, the Halloween special here, we had a very fun uh, wild card trick-or-treat Halloween four corner survival tag team match. That is certainly a mouthful uh, where teams were drawn at random out of a Jack Larian hat. I thought that was very, like just really, really uh, a nice seasonal way to celebrate their uh, the holiday, I should say. Uh, so, they, you know, as the, as the name suggests, the the, the the teams were drawn out of a out of Jack Leonard at random, and they're fighting for a ten thousand dollar bonus. So that was just a very old school costly way to add even more meaning to it. So, uh, heading into the match, the viewer had no idea who the teams were. Quinn McKay uh, picked them at the beginning of the show, but the the the, the footage was intentionally fast forwarded, so you couldn't tell who she was saying. So this was a, a surprise reveal. So the teams wanted being Demonic Flamita and O'Shea Edwards versus Silas Young and Ray, Ray Oris versus World Famous CB and EC3 versus Flip Gordon and Matt Taven. Just a very um, a motley crew of teams there. Uh, very, very interesting. You know, just these the pretty cool combinations of, of, of performers here. Obviously, Silas and Ray Oris had, had a feud uh, kind of throughout the summer there. I think they faced off at Glory Honor in August, I believe. I think, I believe Silas expected to win in that match. Uh, EC3 and World Famous, EC3 and World Famous CB, definitely an interesting combination of personalities there. Flip Gordon and Matt Taven, two kind of like, you know, long-time Ring of Honor guys, you know, Taven especially, you know, former world champion, but Flip Gordon as well, and, and in many ways, you know, one of the more kind of uh, well-established members of the roster here. Demonic, Demonic Flamita and O'Shea, another interesting matchup. All these teams kind of just, um, you know, compelling uh clashes of personality in some ways and i think everyone in this match got to shine at, at various points you had i want like kind of near the end everyone was diving to the outside you had oris flamita gordon diving to the outside taven hit the flight of the conqueror as well uh in the end Sil silas young stole the pin uh he, he stole the pin from right ray oris after oris hit a 450 splash so uh silas young and ray oris got the win and the bonus here but i thought this is very fun i mean yeah they're throwing the other teams but that's that's the whole purpose they're, they're drawn out from uh from the jack iron it's random it's for the it's for the you know how the halloween season it's a good time uh so i thought that was very very fun i like that and again just having for the, the ten thousand dollar bonus uh you know very old school but very fun uh and just a good way to kind of get these guys on the show you know ec3 you don't see him all too often in in some ways he's kind of like you know he, he's in, in, in some ways a special attraction matt taven former world champion flip gordon very very talented as well uh they continue with kind of that storyline of him hitting his head and thinking it's 2018 and I just think that's been a lot of fun. I'm curious to see where that goes from here on out. But um, this was a, it was fun. I keep I keep saying fun, but like that's just the best way to describe this episode. Uh, it's a nice Halloween, you know. By and large, it's a very um, you know I won't say a throwaway show, but like you know, like uh, by and large, you know, with a match like that, just like a nice uh, anybody could watch it. You don't even need to have been watching it every week. You just watch that. These random teams fighting there, and it was a good match. I enjoyed it. And again, with the it was just. Uh, and in the, in the context of this, fun, this uh, you know, seasonal Halloween episode, no complaints there. I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, with that being said, that led to the main event match, a world six-man tag title match between Shane Taylor Promotions and the uh, oddball team of PCO, uh, Danhausen, and Sledge. A nice, fun, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I keep saying fun. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to be redundant. It was, it was, it was a fun show. I'm going to keep saying it because it's true. It's just, I enjoy it a lot. I say it every week, uh, 50 minutes roughly uh, of, you know, just good, pure wrestling here. And here we have the Shane, Shane Terror Promotions, a great uh, tag team. They've on this great run. Before the match here, they said, uh, you know, yeah, it's Halloween, but, the, but they're going to, you know, give uh, PCO Dan House and Sledge the beating the LFI should have gotten, you know, that they've been kind of avoiding there. So, um, I enjoy this lot as well. Shane Taylor Promotions. I mean, like I said, they're bowing a great run. I think Shane Taylor is incredible. Uh, most of the con can shine very brightly as well. Big fan of Dan Housen, big fan of PCO. Sledge held his own with guys like, well, the guy like Shane Taylor. So I thought this was great as well. Uh, PCO, literally the, the French Frankenstein. Who better to have on, on the Halloween episode than PCO? The, uh, you know, just literally, it, it's a, such a, a fitting match. Um, so I'm glad he got to be on the show. Same with Dan Housen, these two very... Uh, bright, you know, kind of eccentric characters. At one point, Shane Taylor just demolished Danhausen uh, with, with this brutal forearm. Uh, Danhausen out there trying to like hold his own and score off with the the, the powerhouse that is Shane Taylor. Um, it's just, it's, it was a good it was a good match, a good show. Uh, in the end, uh, let's see, Taylor pinned Danhausen for the Marcus Garvey driver, but. Uh, it's a good showing for everyone involved. Most of the con continue to shine brightly as a team. Shane, Shane Taylor Promotions is unstoppable. 
Uh, so they, they continue to reign supreme as the tag team champions. After the match, uh, PCO and Danhausen, or sorry, PCO and Sledge got into a brawl. They haven't kind of hit to get a match for quite a while now. So I imagine we might get that before uh, before it's all said and done here. So a very good episode of Ring of Honor Wrestling here for the free. You know, it's, it's free anyway because there's on Fight TV. But literally, there's no reason not to watch this. It's 50 minutes. It's on the YouTube channel. It's it's a fun Halloween episode. Can't recommend it highly enough. Um, just all three matches were very, very good. I enjoyed it a lot. I, and I've said it on, on our other shows here uh, with, with the NXT Halloween Havoc show. With the eight, I didn't talk about it, but I really enjoyed the AW uh, their Halloween main event where the the elite was dressed as the the um, the Ghostbusters. I'm a sucker for all these Halloween things. It's just it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. So with this episode especially, I thought it was really, really cool to see that. Uh, again, PCO, Danhausen, uh, the, 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 the Jack-O-Lantern tag team match, it's a good time. So uh, that being said, I talked about that first, A, because it's the more, uh, I guess, timely aspect of it here. Was that not aired last night? We're here to talk about that as, as the review show. But obviously, uh, I, I, I also talked talk about that first as kind of a, a, a great example of, again, I said at the beginning of the show, Ring of Honor uh, has continued to deliver such an incredible show every single week. This roster is incredible. Uh, they say that they're the best wrestling on the planet. I don't disagree. Again, you, I, I dare say you're not going to find a better like one hour show of wrestling uh, th than this in general, generally speaking. And again, this episode, a great example of that. So um, ironically, I, I was watching it. I was covering it as my as my uh, my work here. My girlfriend was in the room as well, and she was kind of half watching it. And she wasn't usually watching Ivana with me. She was usually uh, at work or something, but it was a Sunday night, so she happened to be home. And she was watching it, and she's watching it. with me sometimes. She's watched some, some SmackDown, some Raw. And she's kind of critical of that in various ways. But she's kind of half watching this, and she says, this is a good show. This is a good wrestling show. Like, it's fun. And uh, granted, yeah, like I said, it's the nice, uh, very, you know, I guess, upbeat, you know, just kind of in some ways goofy Halloween episode, but that kind of goes to show you even for, for a casual viewer who can see that like, Hey, this is a good show. So, um, you know, for that reason, I'm saying like, it's just, it's just so, you know, that leads obviously to the next, the big story for today here. Um, it's so disappointing that the news being uh, last week, Ring Runner announced they'll be taking the first quarter of 2022 uh, to basically reimagine and, I believe the term was reconceptualize the company with a, with a new mission, with a new strategy. I've pulled up various uh, news pieces about it so I can make sure that I have uh, the, the right information. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll reread the, the statement here. So uh, we've done a lot of coverage for it. But the statement, I believe it was last Wednesday, just out of the blue, made a tweet that they're going to be taking uh, this latest here. So the statement is as follows, and I quote, uh, throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will culminate with a final battle in December and we'll be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally and to reimagine ROH. ROH has the most dedicated fans in the industry and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we reconceptualize Ring of Honor. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the Supercard of Honor with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. So I'll say for, for my part, uh, it's my job to cover the news here uh, as, a, as a writer for WrestleZone. Uh, Ring of Honor has been my basically my beat since I started. I, I, it's kind of my I cover it kind of not obviously not exclusively, but like I I have a, I have an ear to the ground. I cover it. It's part of my job, uh, sp specifically to cover Ring of Honor. So it's Wednesday. That tweet goes up, and I just am taken aback. I'm like, what does this mean? I have, I don't know. Uh, and I guess I, it, that, that statement itself definitely uh, opens a lot of questions. It's very unclear exactly what it means. And then, again, this was last Wednesday, then everything just kind of, the, the floodgates opened. Because then uh, I think not long after, I think it was maybe 20 minutes after, let's call it like half an hour, maybe an hour tap. So it was pretty close proximity. That tweet goes out. Then Dave Meltzer, you know, of, of the Wrestling Observer, uh, tweeted very, very uh, succinctly, the Ring of Honor would be releasing all of their talent. And at that point, I thought, what is going on? I have no idea. This is crazy. And I would say by the end of the day on Wednesday, uh, it definitely became one of the most wild news stories that I've covered in my time here uh, to see the, the Ring of Honor announcement 
And with, again, those, those questions that raised, and then uh, Dave Meltzer's tweet saying that they would be releasing all of their talent uh, with no further context, I, I, that was just stunning. And then Sean Rossap of Fightful uh, said maybe he basically uh, confirmed that. And um, again, I'm pulling up some various, uh, various things we have written about it here. That's what they had statement. And then we had uh, the news that they will be not that not renewing the contract. So uh, yeah, that tweet from Dave Meltzer, uh, Sean Rossap uh, confirmed it saying, based on who I've spoken to, quote, uh, Ring of Honor re uh, releases are effective at the end of the year. If a contract goes beyond that, they're paid until March 31st. So there uh, the news that anybody with a Ring of Honor contract, uh, it's not going to be renewed at the end of the year. Um, and then if it runs through, through uh, into the new year it's not getting they're not getting paid past uh march 31st now final battle is slated to be in april they didn't say a specific date but again that, that intent to return uh, in april with final battle um you know as this kind of i guess restart in many ways so then we had that that kind of confirmation from sonra sap uh and on top of that uh, definitely a noteworthy development that uh, with the news they wouldn't be renewing the contracts, uh, Ross Sapp also reported that Ring of Honor talent until the end of the year can work with the company, uh, people work with the company basically to uh, find bookings elsewhere while still technically being on the contract. Now that's kind of a departure uh, for some talent. You know, some talent like a guy like Brody King, Chris Dickinson, many others still were appearing elsewhere while being with Ring of Honor. They weren't exclusive, but I believe the the report there being that even the exclusive talents could take bookings elsewhere by working with the company to reach an agreement to do that. So that's definitely a departure as well, where they had some many non-exclusive guys, but also uh, plenty of exclusive uh, talent as well. So definitely that was uh, a big development uh, on top of that. And then on top of that, you know, this, was, this was all happening on Wednesday. I, like I said, a very, very crazy story here. Um, so then shortly after that confirmation from Sean Ross Sapp, um, Mike Johnson, the Peter Binsider, added more information saying that this uh, all the talent the talent found out via a Zoom call, which is not unusual that the uh, it's been reported before that uh, Rick Vonner has uh, kind of company Zoom calls with the talent, the kind of a town hall meeting of sorts, I guess, virtually. So the talent found out that way, I believe, on Wednesday. Uh, and uh, Mike Johnson reported that. Uh, contracts won't be renewed, and uh, the Ring of Honor will be taping more t television content uh, to from to kind of fill the gap from now to uh, leading up, uh, I guess, through Final Battle, and then having the Final Battle event in December. Um, so uh, you know that the, 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 we're, we're still going to get weekly shows from Ring of Honor. They will be producing uh, the weekly show kind of as they have been through Final Battle here. Um, and then, uh, then the, the hiatus will, will start in uh, first quarter 2022. So they have the show has not been canceled either. So they're they're filming new content uh, through Final Battle, and then uh, some reports say they will continue to film uh, some original content uh, during during the hiatus. Whatever that might mean, I'm not quite sure. Um, but you know, the, the, again, many many questions here in that regard. Um, so, I, but the, show, the point point being, the show has not been canceled. Uh, the, there's been some reports about Sinclair Broadcast Group, the, the parent company, canceling it. Um, I don't think that's the case. I, th it seems maybe more like a matter of uh, a reorganization in some ways uh, of the fact that they, they probably were losing money due to the pandemic, and this was kind of a, a response to that. So, um, you know, that's definitely a big thing as well. It's, uh, yeah, and again, we uh, Russell reached out to Ring of Honor about all of this, and we got a quote saying the Ring of Honor will continue to produce original content uh, during during this time, and through, I guess through the the hiatus there. Again, we're not sure what that means, uh, but again, with the news, that everyone the the contracts won't be renewed. Um, apparently, uh, another report saying that when Ring of Honor, uh, the plan being that when Ring of Honor does return, uh, they will focus on quote non-contracted indie talent, and that's from Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. Uh, they're going to basically uh, be, uh, quote, a, uh, essentially an, an indie promotion booking top talent based on availability for tapings, other events, um, possibly. Uh, and again, the, uh, I think the, the the narrative there being that uh, that kind of leads to problems where it's like if you have a champion that's not available for a show, that kind of sounds like it could be problematic in that sense. If that is true, obviously that's true. That's just a report. Um, so, you know, that's something as well. But uh that does seem to be the plan where they, they were going to be focusing on non-contracted indie talent uh, when 
with the plan being to return in April and that being the case. And to me, again, this is just so, and it's, uh, it's such a crazy story to follow. As I said, I, I was covering it live here. Um, Mike Johnson, again, reporting that they are not canceling the show. They're going to continue to air the show um, leading up to, they're going to continue airing TV content leading up to, uh, leading up to that planned show in April. Um, so reportedly, Mike Johnson saying they have a venue locked in for WrestleMania weekend in April. So that does seem to be the plan uh, to, to have a show in April. The, the, they named it in the announcement as the Supercard of Honor there. Um, and also we had, uh, he covered an interview with Joe Coff. He, he interviewed Joe Coff, the CEO of Ring of Honor. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of like, uh, more information there. But uh, again, emphasizing that the Ring of Honor will work for the talent to uh, help them get other bookings in the meantime, throughout uh, until the end of the year when they're still under contract. Um, so again, that's definitely a, a development as well. Um, but yeah, they're they're not renewing contracts, but they, this talent is free to work elsewhere. The show is not canceled, but they are uh, they're going to continue producing new content. So that's basically the gist of uh, these various reports and things. Another one being that uh, soon after the announcement of Ring of Honor's uh, looming hiatus and and all these changes, uh, some of the a lot of the focus shifted to their their tape library, where it was like, okay, this company has such an amazing history, and, and you know, if you think back seeing uh, incredible runs for guys like Ring of Honor, I'm oh, sorry, seeing kind of runs for guys like uh, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Jay Lethal, all these Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, any number of stars that have walked through and, and, and competed in the, in the Ring of Honor ring over the years, uh, Kevin Steen or Kevin Owens, another one, so many guys, uh, such an amazing uh, library of, of content there. Uh, initially, Justin Brass with What's Illustrated reported that the tape library might be or would suppose, supposedly be for sale to the highest bidder. But then Meltzer uh, reported an update saying that that supposedly is not the case. With AEW Impact and WWE sources saying that they hadn't, they don't they knew nothing about it. They hadn't heard that to be the case, and you'd have to assume that that they would that, that, that if the tape library was for sale, that they would have they would have heard about it. Um, but again, uh, the the big takeaway here is that Ring of Honor. Going on hiatus, hiatus, first quarter 2022, not renewing contracts at the end of 2021. And if, if any contracts do run through the 2022, they'll get paid through March 31 with the, the April event kind of being after that. So again, some, some interesting timeline aspects there of, you know, I guess that would mean that whoever is under contract then would not be on final battle. Uh, uh, that would be my, my read on that situation. Uh, and then again, with the plan being that when, when they do return, it will be a focus on non-contracted indie talent. Deep breath. All right, that is a lot to take in. Again, when I was covering it live, you know, just snap, boom, 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 thing after thing after thing. And this unfolded, I think it started on Wednesday. Things kept kind of popping up here and there. The, the tape library news, I think just kind of a, a relatively regular stream of, of information uh, starting once, late Wednesday afternoon, probably wrapping up roughly maybe Friday of last week. So now we're here the following Monday as we're recording. Uh, trying to digest all of this, trying to take it all in. And part of this too is also, as soon, very quickly after the news broke on Wednesday, a lot of the talent immediately started tweeting the, the uh, messages of, of heartbreak, disappointment, and just being upset, rightfully upset about it, um, lending even more credibility to it. So at first it was like, as I said, it's like, what's going on? I have no idea. Like, this is very, very confusing. And then when the talent started to tweet, that they're taking bookings, that they're that they're like heartbroken or upset or frustrated or whatever it might be. Um, that, that it was like, okay, this is this is real. This is this is something. This this is happening. Whatever is happening is a thing. Um, so that that just following all that as well. So now here we are, a couple of days removed from it. I think that's beneficial because now we've got to kind of soak it all in, to take a step back, and be like, all right, what is going on? Uh, I just read through all these reports about it. I try to emphasize the the most important aspects of that. Um, but again, that, that announcement from Ivanir, the, the thing that kicked it off is very, very telling with the quotes being that uh, they need to make changes to the business operations. They're planning a pivot with a new mission and, mission and strategy. Uh, they're going to work internally to reimagine Ring of Honor uh, and they're going to reconceptualize the company. Um, that just really says, okay, major, major changes. Like the Ring of Honor that we knew, that we have known, that we know right now will, will cease to exist next year like that is 
pretty pretty clear. Silas Young himself, a, for, a former Ring of Honor World TV champion, said that in an, in an interview, interview. He said, "Ring of Honor, as we know it, will cease to exist for the foreseeable future." And like I, I think he more meant just kind of in a very general sense that the company will will go on hiatus, so it will not really exist as we know it. Period uh, for the first quarter of next year. So I'll I'll be transparent with you all. Obviously, I'm sitting here. I do this show. Uh, I'm a bit, I love Ring of Honor. I, I want to emphasize that 100%. I love Ring of Honor. I, I've covered it since I started here. I've been a big, big fan. I've seen its peaks and valleys. I've seen its growth for the past, call it what, two and a half years uh, through the G1 Supercard you know, controversy, through any, uh, any number of things that happened in 2019, through this ongoing narrative about how they don't have stars because the elite left all these things. And yet seeing the company continue to thrive and put on a great show and build these new stars. Anyway, a guy like Jonathan Gresham becoming or showing everyone that he is for my money. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The, the best wrestler in the world, a guy like Shane Taylor, incredibly talented. A, a guy like Bandito, the world champion, an amazing talent. So many people, so many wonderful, amazing talents and amazing people uh, outside the ring. Uh, to be able to cover that, it's been an absolute honor and privilege, and I, I very much hope you continue to continue to do so, uh, whatever happens next. But we are sitting here now as I record this. It is November 1st. April is a long time away. And I was most taken aback by the the reports that they'll be releasing, releasing slash not renewing the talent contracts at the end of the year. And then they intend to come back in April and on paper, I see that, and I'm like, that's not a lot of time to build a, a whole new roster, technically. But then, then that was my initial reaction. And then when they had the report that, okay, they're going to be focusing on non-contracted indie talent, it's like, okay, I, I could see that, that that seems more feasible. But again, April is a long time away. When they're going to be taking that first quarter to, to reconceptualize, to reimagine, to, to pivot, What's that going to look like? I don't know. Like nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, granted, again, the, the statement saying that they intend to return in April, and uh, again, I referenced earlier that, that tweet from that tweet from Ian Riccaboni, the, the, the uh, commentator, saying that he has reasons for optimism for the Ring of Honor's return in April, but he's not sure because nobody's sure. You get the announcement that they're going on hiatus, and then get the the reports that they're going to be releasing everybody, and there are so many questions, many more questions than answers at this point. So I'm sitting here trying to make sense of it all, trying to you know discuss it all for you all, and, and you know just kind of just to share my thoughts on it. But really, the 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 big moral of the story here is that nobody knows uh, for sure what's going to be happening, um, and that's part of the, I guess, uh, concern here, part of the uh, distressing situation where it's like nobody really knows, and and the report being that they are going to you know they intend to come back. That that wasn't the announcement. They, they intend to come back with Supercard of Honor, but it's like a lot of the immediate reactions were um, this feeling that it was like Ring of Honor is dying. And I, that sounds very, very drastic and, you know, catastrophic, but um, that seemed to be kind of the general like response from other, other journalists, from fans, the general wrestling world was like kind of pour one out for Ring of Honor. Like this is, this is big. This is like, you know, really going to be a, a big obstacle for them. Uh, even if they do come back, that's, that's going to be very, very hard to come back from. Um, you know, so that's kind of, that was the immediate reaction in a lot of ways and just kind of across the board for me, you know, I look at that statement I, I, that they released. I try to take it at face value of like, okay, they're going to, they're going to come back. Uh, but then with all these reports on top of that, it's knowing, okay, it's going to look drastically different. And I, it's, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what's going to look like. It's not going to be the right Like if they're saying that they're going to pivot the, the, the business strategy, I don't know if that means they're going to pivot the way they do things well in the literal sense of the show, the show they put on. And I think they're going to have to, if, if they're doing a show with, with non-contracted talent. Um, and again, the one report saying that I thought was Meltzer about the, that, about that not, not, not contracted talent. So again, uh, by booking talent that you, that you don't have locked down, that does kind of create problems. If you have a champion, they could sign elsewhere, and then and then and then what? Then you then it's kind of constant shuffling, and you see that you know all the time in company in um, again immediately now Ring of Honor this this pivot to a somewhat independent like company if if that's the uh, if that's the mission to to uh, prioritize non contracted talent that is kind of the 
takeaway that I'm seeing kind of across the board here. Um, you see that a lot. That's not uncommon, but it was less common for a company like Ring of Honor in recent years when they, when they were locking talent down to kind of avoid that. But in the past, they had champions get signed elsewhere, and then they had to kind of work around that. And that happens for companies like in, in, any number of places. You see that all the time. It's common. If you don't lock down the talent, they can't sign elsewhere. So then when a WWE or AW swoops them in, you know, that's just kind of that's the nature of the beast. So I do want to, I do want to touch on some of your comments here. You guys are chipping in uh, for this conversation. I appreciate it. Friends Nando, always chipping in. I appreciate you saying that Sinclair Group, that the parent company for Ring of Honor, has so much money. I can't believe they didn't see the value in Ring of Honor. If they would have presented ROH like a big deal with the far-reaching influence, ROH would have become a big deal. Nando, I could not agree more could not agree more. Uh, and for that, I say I, I transcribed part of a Shane Taylor interview they did elsewhere over the weekend, uh, pretty pretty shortly after all this news broke. And he said something uh, strikingly close to what you're saying right there. He said that for him, uh, this the what where Ring of Honor has wound up right now today was very, very avoidable for that reason that Nando, you just mentioned right there, saying that for him, uh, he spotlighted the fact that the company has done a lot. It's really focused on social media um, marketing and social media kind of PR or, or uh, social media advertising of, of like tweeting and all these things. And that's great. That's very, very important in 2021 to do that. But he was saying like there's something to be said for um, old school, like boots on the ground, street marketing, like whether it's radio shows or, you know, whatever it might be, literally in person, like more kind of local advertising. If you go to, you know, granted the pandemic kind of changed things, but maybe kind of dating back before that when they're traveling, you know, even then not doing like local marketing like that. So Nando, amazing comment. I could not agree more saying that uh, they can't, can't believe they didn't see the value in the round if they present it like a big deal. So uh, Shane Taylor as well had said that there are so many resources in a more general sense for, from Sinclair, uh, the, the parent company, they they could have um, maybe you know, wishful thinking, maybe but like they could have utilized more to to achieve that very goal, to, to, to come across like a bigger deal, to get the word out more, to get more of a of a public following because again i do this show saying like <laughs> practically begging everybody like watch ring of honor it's this great show you gotta watch it and that, i that's i'm just kind of shouting into the void here and, and i and i retweet it and i tweet it and i post it and i try to uh you know send send the word out to our to the wrestling zone fans and things like that but otherwise and and you know i tweet about it on twitter myself personally and i, and I use hashtag and stuff that only goes so far you know, there's only so much anybody can do. Any fan, any any, even even again, written Shane Taylor pointed it pointed out. Even even the company itself, just kind of tweeting out there. If if someone's on Twitter and they don't really know to look for Ring of Honor, they're not going to necessarily know to look for it. Like they're not going to necessarily watch it. You know, if if they don't know that it's happening, if they don't know, oh, you know, they're they're doing this show or that show or or they have these people or or whatever it might be. Like I imagine a guy, a guy like Danhausen, he's become very very popular in a very general sense, kind of um, kind of across the wrestling world. Not I, don't, I feel like not a lot of people, ca casual fans, really know this guy works has currently works in Ring of Honor. He was just on the show last night. I feel like you know not a lot of people know that. And again, part of that is this uh, this perhaps. Uh, Missed opportunity for 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 more uh, maybe general marketing or more general advertising and again wishful thinking but like Shane Taylor definitely spotlighted that and Nando you 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 hit the nail right on the head there um, it's just yeah I, I I could not agree more it's an absolute shame um, Silas Young did an interview as well I transcribed that if you I, I highly recommend check out um, our WrestleZone news page uh, or just go on our Facebook Twitter whatever, whatever it might be uh, over the weekend they, they went up on Saturday I published both interviews uh, uh, from elsewhere but highlighted them uh, with Shane Taylor pointing that out as Nando had said Silas Young more focused on like hey this was a business move it sucks but you know Ring of Honor did has put on shows for yeah, other than especially, I should say, even like during the brown the pandemic, they went on it. They went dark. I'm like everybody. They 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 shut down. I think everybody other than MLW, they shut down. They went dark. They did uh, kind of uh, clip shows and highlight shows. They did week by week. But they put on live shows from call it March of 2020 through. I think they they taped in August and they finally came back in September of 2020, I believe. So that's several months of no like live content. And then when they did come back, it was without fans. And that's not 
you know, economically sustainable for, for when you have for anybody. And then when, it, when you have a parent company kind of overseeing that, uh, it's, it's business. You look at the bottom, the bottom line, the bottom dollar, and it's like, all right, they're losing money. What do we do now? And having, you know, it went on for several months. And thankfully, again, I think everyone involved, it deserves to be recognized for the fact that they didn't just, they didn't do this uh, the second that the pandemic, the pandemic started to kind of lift, they didn't do it during the pandemic. They, they weighed out the pandemic, they made it through. And now it's November 1st as I'm recording. So we've had several months of relative normalcy in the wrestling world. Independent shows are back up and running by and large. Uh, wrestling as in a very general sense is, is, you know, back up and running. So when you have this announcement come along, um, you know, that, that is something as well, where it's like, okay, you know, if we're releasing talent, if we're not re renewing the talent, we can kind of feel somewhat comfortable in the fact that there a lot, a lot, if not most of those people are going to find booking elsewhere. They're going to be successful elsewhere as well. So, you know, that is definitely, I, I commend all parties involved for that, for kind of waiting it out and, and waiting for the wrestling world to kind of, uh, quote unquote, come back in many ways. So, um, but again, it's really is a business thing. I don't think it's, it's even necessarily, um, a reflection of Ring of Honor itself. I really do think this is just a consequence of the pandemic era. And maybe that's me being optimistic. I, I mean, obviously you could talk about AW, you could talk about um, a number of things kind of changing the wrestling world. But um, I really do think this is just kind of a cause and effect of the pandemic of Ring of Honor. Again, the, the it's so bittersweet. Ring of Honor has been commended and renowned for taking such good care of the talent during the pandemic era of continuing to do um, uh, shows without live fans. They, they did Best in the World in July. They did Glory of Honor in August. They did uh, Death of Forest Honor in, uh, that was September. But otherwise, those were pretty isolated incidents. And then they did tapings without fans. So they really have not had um, that opportunity to even kind of try to make money back in that sense. And again, that, that, that mission to really take care of the talent and make sure they're safe um that has this unfortunate consequence in many ways that is my my take on it that i'm not i'm not saying that as fact i'm saying that as someone who covers the company from a, from the outside looking in and from all these reports that we're seeing um and from from the fact that it is this this company that's owned by another body that's again kind of looking down on it and saying okay it's losing it's likely losing money uh let's look at why yeah and the, the pandemic and everything and there you go cause and effect unfortunately uh, it's just the nature of the business there. Uh, Noel Orlando were alone saying he wonders when Ring of Honor comes back, do, will they do what OVW is doing? I'm not as familiar with OVW. Um, I'm not quite sure if you, what you mean by that. That is one company I don't cover all that much, if you wouldn't mind elaborating. Um, I do know OVW does do a weekly show. Um, I believe that airs on Fight as well, and they have you know their own roster, and I imagine that roster can take any bookings as well. Um, so maybe I, I think that's kind of what Noel might be getting at, but, uh, likewise, Noel was saying the Booker T show reality of wrestling is getting big. Yeah. Booker T reality of wrestling. They got a TV deal. They're going to be kind of streaming nationally on TV. Um, and so they're definitely getting, getting traction there. Noel, thank you for elaborating there. He's saying that OVW, uh, their show kind of builds out from the ground up. I think that's the intention. Again, I, I read that report that they're going to, um, you know, come back with supposedly like, you know, focus on non-contract indie talent. So I think the goal there would be, would in theory be to try and kind of build people up to look at uh, the independent scene and kind of essentially scout and bring in people and try and build around them or or feature them and kind of groom them. But again, the downside of that is you know, as soon as they kind of get over, as soon as they get on get on AW's radar, WWE's radar, even Impact's radar, then. If they're not contracted, they can sign elsewhere at the drop of a hat. And like, let's say they're a champion, that that makes it very difficult to, to put on a cohesive show um, for anybody. And again, I talked about it before. Do you see that? Um, we've seen it many times in wrestling. It's just, that's the nature of the beast again. again. Uh, but but it is unfortunate, you know, to have this. Um, if that if that is what they pivot to, I think it will be very challenging. I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure it'll be great wrestling as always. But I think it will be challenging, and I think that will be uh, one of the probably kind of the, the one of the new downsides. Because again, the Ring of Honor had been locking up talent, guys like Matt Taven, guys like uh, PCO, guy, uh, any number of people that had exclusive deals. They couldn't go elsewhere for the duration of the contract. So um, 
I think that definitely will be a downside in that regard as well. Nando Tipkin uh, was, again, Nando always pays your comments. There's a couple of comments here. He's saying, without the help of Ring of Honor on the all-in pay-per-view, AW would not be a thing. The all-elite uh, oh, Ring of Honor, a debt of gratitude for all they did for them, especially the Bucks and Cody. Uh, Cody's reinvention himself would have been uh, impossible without Ring of Honor. That's so, Nando, you're, you hit the nail on the head again. 100%. I mean, a lot of the narrative focuses on, like, oh, Ring of Honor kind of, like, unofficially died or or really really like took a hit after after ring of honor uh sorry after aw started because cody Rhodes, the young bucks uh scu as well several stars in ring of honor uh kind of were the building blocks of aw and a lot of the folks has been like oh they left so then ring of honor doesn't have stars anymore and as long as i'm doing this show and i said all the time elsewhere like no they have stars people just don't know about them so um, and I like that perspective of saying, actually, like on the flip side, AW owes a heck of a lot to Ring of Honor. Cody Rhodes really reestablished himself. The Young Bucks thrived in Ring of Honor. Uh, the elite in general kind of really started in Ring of Honor. Not just Ring of Honor, I understand that, but they, it is it would be um, inaccurate and I think unfair to to kind of gloss over Ring of Honor is very much. I'm not going to say responsible for it, but they deserve certainly deserve credit uh, in AEW history, and they're therefore like kind of because of that, uh, as we're seeing AEW continue to rise and and gain so much momentum, um, certainly deserves credit in that regard as well. Um, so I think it's very very important to recognize that as well. So I've become a big big fan of AEW, and I think that it's certainly no matter what happens next for Ring of Honor, whatever like whatever the future holds, I think that should definitely become more of the conversation of like, hey, AEW uh, fans should kind of at least be be uh, conscious of the fact that Ring of Honor. Pay, paid a big part, played a big part in that. So also here, we're talking about I mean, not none of people knowing Ring of Honor. Nando again, another another on the nose, com- uh, like perfect comment here, saying Ring of Honor was on so late at night. If you wanted to watch, it, you'd have to wait, wait till three a.m. to see it. This is part of the problem as well. Um, when I first started working here, I didn't know how to cover it. I remember um, it was on Charge, which is this like TV channel that airs that streams on a website. And I remember it was streaming at like 10 p.m. Eastern time on a Sunday. And that's that's a hard slot. And I know they have other TV deals uh, on the website. They have like a how to watch ROH. Whenever I looked up my zip, my zip code, I, I'm, a, I'm a New Jersey boy. Um, it literally wouldn't come up. It, it's not in my local market. So I first had I for a long time, I watched it um, on Monday nights on flight, which technically is what two days after it premieres over the, it's i think it technically is on saturdays and then because it's syndication it, it airs kind of at, at different times over the weekend but um per- perfect comment there like the they they did not have um i'll say a, a traditional tv deal in that sense it's not it's definitely not like a raw or a smackdown or an aw when it's like you have a set time 8 p.m on on a, this big platform and that's that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles they, they i imagine you know if if things if things worked out differently, if if not for the pandemic, there was at one point PCO did an interview where he said they had an agreement for a TV deal. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but it would have been a live TV deal, uh, and that fell through because of the pandemic and pandemic. And that is heartbreaking in the sense that like if you can, if you can only imagine um, how things might be right now if not for the pandemic. Uh, and we we could we could spend another hour about that in the in the, in the general sense, general sense. But for Ring of Honor, if not for the pandemic, who knows? I I would I would say we would not be I wouldn't be here talking about the company going on hiatus and not not having any clue what happens next. Um, if not for the pandemic, I think uh, that that interview from PCO saying that they would have had a TV deal. And then who knows? And then who knows? I, I should say I also I have started watching Ring of Honor wrestling on Honor Club, but that's paid. So I, I believe, I think you can watch it for free on the website. I don't think that's part of the paid um, on a club's uh, subscription. So but again, part of the problem is, is people don't know that. Like people don't necessarily know to, look, to even look there. So again, this lack of um, fan awareness of like, oh, like they don't know. People can say, oh, I want to watch mine, but I don't know how. I don't know where to find it. So, you know, and again, part of the, the theme for today here, Jason saying that Ring of Honor has amazing talent. They just need a TV deal. So hundred percent. And again, it's just so disappointing that, um, you know, that they didn't get that. And, and now here we are. And if you ask me like where, what I think is next for the company, again, the report being the announcement being they, they intend to return. 
if they are going to become this company that uh, that the report being they're going to prioritize that non-contracted talent, that feels like a step back to me. So then, then I say, okay, you know, are we, are, are they going to get TV? Like what, what, what does that do for the, I guess, future prospects of the company, if that makes sense? Like, are they going to get a TV deal? I don't, I don't know. Nobody knows. You know, I, I can sit here and hope one, they come back. Because there, there is a, a a genuine concern for many fans that they won't come back. Period. That that, that uh, again, it, it is November, November one now. That April will come around, and somewhere along the way, the plug will be pulled. That's it. You know, no more. I'm I'm not saying that's happening. That that has not been said at all. But I'm saying it remains something that could happen. Right? We just don't know, um, and that's very very sad. Like I've 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 actually been. Um, pretty like down in general thinking about uh, just, like personally th- emotionally thinking about ring of honor and like i love this company i love the, the roster uh the amazing show it puts on and it's like i don't know you know what the future is going to be for it um and that sucks like i i'm not going to sit here and, and um try I, i'm trying to be as positive as i can or as kind of uh level as i can but at the end of the day it's sad because I loved Ring of Honor the way it was. I don't know what to expect from it um, going forward here. But we got more comments here. I appreciate you guys. Uh, my own, WrestleZone's own Dominic D'Angelo chipping in. I appreciate you, Dominic, saying, what talents, in your opinion, would benefit from the potential of Ring of Honor going dark, which may encounter difficulty because of it? Do you mean... Hmm, I think Dominic means, like, who could p- possibly sign elsewhere in terms of, like, when they go dark? Um, and that, that, that's kind of the flip side of the question here. Um, and that, that really is the, the big thing here at the end of the day. It's like, who will, will benefit and who will struggle? Because, um, I talked about, I mentioned it uh, earlier in the show. I look at a guy like Shane Taylor, best striker in the business, bar none. I think he's incredible as a striker, as a brawler, as a personality, and, and, and as the leader of Shane Taylor promotions, this like movement, this, this amazing stable, that's that's uh, fighting for for representation and for for breaking stereotypes and for um, changing the business for the better, uh, doing incredible things that they were really f- like finding their footing in Ring of Honor. Um, if Shane Taylor does not get his due, if he does not sign elsewhere, uh, if someone doesn't like look at him and say this guy is great and like uh, he, many people are looking him to AW, I think he'd be great in AW in terms of. Um, Giving them something they don't really have. I mean, I guess just again that question of of representation and uh, style. I think they have you know some powerhouses, literally powerhouse Hobbs being one. But by and large, like he would very very much stand out in a very very good way in in uh, AW. So Dominic asking who could benefit Shane Taylor again if he doesn't get signed somewhere like big time like AW. Maybe WWE. I don't see that as much for him, but maybe. Uh, but I, I think he, sh- I think AW should sign him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that right here, right here and now. Uh, in, a, in a world where Ring of Honor is not renewing the contracts, Shane Taylor is free to go elsewhere. Uh, he, I think he tweeted that um, come the new year, he's gonna really like start getting out there, whereas other talent is taking more more bookings now. So I think we can expect to see during that uh, time where Ring of Honor is going dark, as Dominic says, Shane Taylor. If he does not get signed, something is severely wrong with the wrestling world. Because like Shane Taylor is so talented, and he so much deserves to go somewhere and be recognized um, in the spotlight for that. And I will say that till I'm blue in the face because I think he's great. Dalton Castle, um, maybe even not not so much as a wrestling thing here. I mean, if Dal- I I think he could be great in Hollywood. Uh, we saw him on um, I think it was Celebrity Family Feud. He's such a great like character. I think him and Danhausen, uh, among others, are two guys that could uh, really thrive, obviously, in wrestling and beyond, in, in entertainment and movies. Danhausen has said before that he wants to venture out a little more into um, other things. Um, like he wants to do comic books or movies or whatever. I look at him, I'm like, 100%, this guy, he's going to be fine. I, whatever, whatever, whatever that looks like, I think he'll be fine. Uh, in wrestling and beyond. Unfortunately, last night he broke his leg uh, at, at an indie show, so I think it'll be a while before he's back in the ring, but I think that could mean that we do see him um, you know, take on other projects once he's kind of you know, healed, or who, who even knows? I, I, I think he'll be fine. 
more than fine. I think he'll he'll get his due uh, as a character in a character sense in entertainment in general. And for wrestling, a lot of people are connecting him, connecting him to AEW. He was just on the on the Jericho cruise with Chris Jericho, the AEW former world champion. So I mean, there might be like you know, maybe a little something there. I mean, but Danhausen is this like cult favorite uh, character, and he, and he's great. I think he's such a such a great personality. I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh, Dan, Dalton Castle again. I think he's such a great character as well. I think he's going to go somewhere, somewhere, and, and and thrive. I don't know where that might be. Um, I, we've talked about it on the show before. He has had back issues, so maybe. You know, if Ring of Honor, would Ring of Honor go on his hiatus? Maybe he'll take on other projects. I don't know. This is all me just saying what could happen. So I don't know. If he wants to like continue as a kind of a, a full-time wrestler, maybe maybe he 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 could go to Impact, this kind of company that uh, focuses more on character. He's a great wrestler as well, and Impact has plenty of great wrestlers. But uh, Impact kind of more known for these characters in some ways. So maybe that as well. Um, I think there's something to for that. We had a comment earlier saying that. Uh, Dalton, Ka sorry, that Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen would be a match made in heaven. That'd be wonderful. And Nando saying that uh, Dalton and Orange Cassidy would be a great combo there. Um, Dalton and the boys could work in AEW. I could see that. I mean, again, this, yeah, AEW kind of is this. Uh, they, they've Cody Rhodes said it before. They're like this buffet, uh, and I think that they could kind of pluck from some of these various uh, buffet stations in Ring of Honor and look at a guy like Shane Taylor, look at a guy like Dan Housen, maybe Dalton Castle. Um, I certainly think that that's something we, we could see, uh, but you know, and yeah, Orange Cassidy. I think he he could be great with personalities like like Dan Housen, like Dalton Castle, whoever it might be. Uh, I think that'd be really really cool. So going back to Dominic's comment here, a guy like Brody King, much like much like Shane Taylor, Brody King's already kind of um, taking off on on the just on the I guess the for like the the independent scene. He's a PWG PWG tag team champion with Malachi Black. I think. It literally writes itself to have Brody King go to AW and team with Malachi Black. I think they are a great pairing in the ring as personalities, as just as a general act. That makes perfect sense. Um, you could do like the House of Black, kind of a stable kind of thing, or at least a team. I think that'd be great. Brody King is incredible. I had the privilege of seeing him live at a, at a New Japan Strong show. Uh, it was last month. It was roughly that was the uh, showdown in Philadelphia. I think he's great. He's one of my favorites. Um, him, Shane Taylor, wrestling-wise, they they have to like whatever it might mean. They're going to thrive, and whether that means an AW or an Impact or in a WWE or just kind of you know, setting, setting the world on fire on, on the independent scene and going all over the place and and getting these great bookings, maybe maybe that too for the mid time. Um, guys like that definitely going to thrive. Bandito amazing talent he's the he's the he's the world champion right now he's gonna do great things he already got announced for his gcw return uh in december he's gonna he's gonna be great he's gonna like he's gonna set the world on fire i just said it he's incredible an amazing amazing high flyer uh aw could look his way for for more of that lucha libre style kind of thing um because i don't they don't have that quite as much on, on their roster right now um obviously the, the lucha brothers and some others but to kind of build it build that up a little bit so um Ooh, Nando, you're 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 oh, man, you're getting my my creative juices flowing. He's saying Nando's saying, imagine if uh, Ray Phoenix, Pentagon, Bandito, and Andrade became a stable, tranquilo. Oh my gosh, Nando, I'm gonna be thinking about that all day. I mean, we we were talking about this months ago. They thought that Andrade could maybe go to uh, a Ring of Honor. Obviously, that's not what happened. But you know, to have uh, him work with a guy like Bandito, Roosh, who he, he's on the shelf right now. Roosh will be back. Uh, his contract was expiring in January anyway. Uh, he, I think, uh, I'd love to see him work with uh, Andrade and Ring of Honor. Oh, sorry, NAW. I think that'd be something. Um, I believe I saw one part that he's working on his English skills to potentially, potentially uh, kind of fit in a little better at, uh, at, an, at an American promotion. So I think that'd be incredible. Andrade, Andrade and Bruce, sign me up. Bandito as well. He's great. He's going to be like, he's one of those guys I, 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 Feel in my heart, he's gonna be doing great things, and he already is. He's he's, he's returning to GCW. GCW is really, really getting a lot of buzz, continues to get a lot of buzz lately, so that's really good for him. Brody King returned to GCW in December as well. Um, and again, I have to imagine Brody King, he's he's continues to work for New, New Japan Strong as well. So, uh, I look at him as a guy that could very much go to AEW and do great things, and just in, just in general, do great things as well. Uh, but just circle back to Dominic's comment, you know, he's asking who who might struggle. There, the the sad thing is, as for every Shane Taylor, for every um, 
Brody King, Bandito, Danhausen, um, any number of talented people, you know, numerous Mike Bennett, so many more. I haven't, I haven't even named. Um, for every one of those, there are, there are others that aren't nearly as well known that may struggle. A team like the Bouncers, uh, a team like, uh, or not not necessarily a team, but a guy like Josh Woods, amazing. He's the the pure champion right now. He's amazing, but now I feel like not a lot of people know about him. He's been like he's in Ring of Honor. He's a Ring of Honor guy in a lot of ways. Not a lot of people know about him. My one of my personal favorites, Brian Johnson. I worry like without that that real platform, I'm like what. Yeah, I, I worry about that. I think that's something that's, you know, some of these talent are going to struggle to really, like, get out there or the, I, at the very least get the spotlight they deserve because a guy like Brian Johnson is so incredibly talented. Josh Woods is an amazing talent. So many others. Dak Draper, um, Moses and Khan, I think they're going to get a lot of independent bookings, but, like, getting the, the spotlight they deserve. I think Shane Taylor Promotions will stay together. I think they would do great things in the AW as a trio. I hope I hope that happens, but you know some of those more like um, younger guys may struggle. But uh, with that in mind, Noel saying maybe we'll see um, some of the young talent. He's he's pitching an, an invasion storyline with NXT. I don't know about that, but I think some of the young talent could definitely sign with NXT and get treated like um, any number of other like kind of like young prospects that, that we see come through NXT. Now it's a little different with NXT 2.0, where there's there's this less of an emphasis on. Um, uh, uh, on independent talent, ironically, the yeah, Ring of Honor kind of now uh, they supposedly will be emphasizing the the indie, indie talent more going forward when they come back. NXT is going the different way of like kind of uh, somewhat going away from that. But if they have like any number of people that they want to bring in uh, that that they they're drawn to that, that stand out to them, and again, Ring of Honor has such an amazing roster. I I, I would. I think some of these people very, very well might wind up in NXT, NXT 2.0 and to kind of get that chance to kind of like to grow and, and to kind of um, to be, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess to, to get to get coached and and, and grown and elevated and, and cultivated, cultivated is what I was looking for uh, in two, NXT 2.0 um, while guys like Shane Taylor, Brody King, Bandito, um, Roosh, when it when he's healthy again, many, many guys may be ready for um, the spotlight right now, maybe some of the younger members of the roster, maybe kind of coach him up or whatever. Uh, Noel saying Josh Woods could be amazing next year. I, I agree. I think he'd be, that'd be great. I, th I think he's has so much potential. I, I think uh, he's certainly among, I think everyone on this roster deserves opportunities and, and get, deserves a chance to shine. Um, and I really, really hope they do uh, the whole, the whole woman's vision. They just built up the woman's division. And now, you know, that's like, I don't know. I, I, with the, the company kind of going on hiatus and, and then uh, Roxy is, a, is an amazing talent. I think she'll, she'll sign up. Sorry. R reportedly AW checked in on her, uh, right. I think right after she signed up ring of honor. So maybe they'll kind of give her a call. Uh, I think, I think she certainly deserves that. That'll be wonderful for her. Um, Miranda Elise is a great talent. Maxine Paylor is an ama amazing personality and this great powerhouse of a wrestler. Um, I can't stress enough. Everyone on this roster is so talented. Everyone on this roster deserves the very, very best. So I really, really hope want the best for everyone involved. Um, and I really, really just, that's, 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 well, that's my take on it at the end of the day. And again, more of the, more thoughts on, um, you know, potentially WWE buying the main tape library could happen. But again, I, I mentioned, or mentioned early in the show that, um, you know, there are differing reports on whether that, that tape library is available in the event it becomes available. I think WWE will make a play for it because that has tended to be their kind of mission of monopoly, but AW might, might go for it. We we're talking about it before uh, with the, with that inherent link in their history with ring of honor being involved with the very event that bird birthed AW all in ring of honor owns. I think they own the name, I believe. Uh, so AW might want to, you know, get that. Um, but that's definitely one something to look out for here as well. Uh, Nanda wondering where PCO will go. Ironically, PCO's contract was uh, set to expire, I believe, the end of November anyway. PCO, a former Ring of Honor World Champion. So even before all this, he was uh, the news broke that his contract uh, was set to expire um, at the end of November anyway, November this year. So um, and he's he's already taking bookings elsewhere. He's going to be returning to GCW. He's taking bookings at other companies. So I think. Um, for him, 
I don't know. Like he's, he's an amazing talent. I, I love him. I think he's such a great character. I'm a big fan of the French Frankenstein. I don't know how much that would translate on national TV at this point. As, as in wrestling, I don't know, or I should say, I don't know if that would fit in AEW. WWE doesn't feel like I feel like they they make a joke of it. I wouldn't really want to see that. Um, I feel like it could work an impact if he if he does if if you know the cards fall the right way. If he wants to go there, I think that's something. Um, but I don't know. I, and I mentioned Danhausen and Don Castle earlier. PCL could be like could he could be a, a great horror movie villain. He could put him in like like the a, a horror movie franchise, and I think that'd be great. You know, if if um, I've interviewed him, I had the privilege of doing so, and he made it clear that he wants to keep wrestling. But if he decides, like, oh, I want to do some, some maybe some more uh, other and other ent- entertainment things, you know, maybe, maybe maybe that. But if not, I think he's got a, a great mind for the business. Noel uh, Orlando Rolon saying that maybe PCO could be a um, a trainer or a producer for WWE. Maybe, but again, I think he, for now he wants to keep wrestling. So uh, in the meantime, I think we'll see him continue to take bookings on the dependency and again, GCW, other companies as well. So there's that. Um, to look forward to if you're a PCO fan like myself. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, my voice is literally fries. I've been talking for an hour about this, but yeah, it's just that's for me in a, in a nutshell, in a nutshell, I love Ring of Honor. I love this roster. I love this, this show they put on every week. Um, I'm going to continue to cover it until, um, or at the very least through final battle, obviously with that being the, the last show, uh, until, until the hiatus. And then, I mean, I'm going to cover it as long as I can, like as long as they're, they're, they're giving them, they're putting out content to cover. Um, but again, I don't know what, what that means. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what that looks like. Um, and just, there's so much uncertainty. There's so many questions, so much just yeah like nobody knows i don't know what's gonna happen nobody can safely say okay we know 100 this is going to happen period because we're is saying that they, they want to return that they plan to return and i would say i take that at face value that they will return they will return with non-contracted talent um and non to point out earlier that does have its uh, own difficulties as well as uh, he said non-contracted talent comes with many growing pains character development in-ring work um and literally if you're, if you're trying to coach them up if if they are um in a literal sense like independent talent that, that, that aren't used to being on tv that's very true uh and i that is a downside but i'm sure that you know ring runner as a, a great you know staff uh like a great coaching staff um and that they'll be able to kind of get these people get whoever they bring in up to speed in no time so um i i choose to take it face value that ring runner is going to come back in april for supercard of honor um, and we'll, we'll uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here. I'll do the show again. I'll talk about final battle when it comes in December, uh, that being the end of Ring of Honor as, as we currently know it. And then wait to see what happens next. I'll be talking about that, um, in December, obviously, but, um, for now, I, I obviously it felt very important to, to, to sit here and, uh, have you all be able to, to give everyone a platform to, to uh, anyone that tuned in to, to talk about this, to, to ask questions, to share their thoughts for, for, and for, I will, I selfishly wanted to talk about it because I've just been so floored for days. I'm just like, I, this is crazy. I'm stunned and, um, it's mind boggling in many ways, just like, you know, just to wrap my head around it. So I appreciate you all for listening, for giving me an hour of your time. If you've been watching this whole thing, uh, to make sense of this, to, to, to share my thoughts on it. And I appreciate all of you who commented to keep the, uh, kept the conversation going and shared your thoughts. Um, but yeah, for in the meantime, we're going to have to wait and see. We know every minor will continue with their weekly TV show leading uh, th- th- uh, up to Final Battle and then putting on Final Battle in December. I'll be covering that uh, for Russell Zone. I'll be doing this show, um, if not weekly, you know, semi-regularly and uh, leading up to that. And obviously, I'll, I will review Final Battle uh, in December. But at the, at the end of the day, I want to emphasize, I love Ring of, one, I love Ring of Honor. Two, I want the best Ring of Honor. And three, um, I, three, it sucks. Three, it sucks that this is what has happened. Um, and I very, very much hope that uh, whatever is next for the company that, that, that uh, you know, that, 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 that works out. And uh, Nando, I, I'm rambling, but Nando, Nando is going to let me wrap it up very, very, very nicely here. Nando saying, if Ring of Honor can't come back, if they can't come back, saying thanks for the memories, hashtag thank you, Ring of Honor. And again, I choose to, to believe that they will come back, but I will say thank you, Ring of Honor, for 
the memories you have given us up to this point for, for the, for the product, for the content, for the company you've been up to this point. I thank you. I love you ring of honor. <laughs> they can't hear me, but I'm going to say anyway. Um, cause I do, I think it is, just, it is the best wrestling on planet and that that's it. Uh, with that being said, it's been an hour. My voice is fried. I appreciate you all so much for listening. Uh, I'll, I'll be back here tonight with John Clark as we're recording this live on Monday night. John Clark and I will be talking about Monday Night Raw. Then we'll be here on Tuesday night, Tuesday night to talk about WWE NXT. Otherwise, uh, Robert and I will be here on Friday to talk about uh, Friday Night SmackDown. The Diamond Dudes, uh, two Diamond Dudes on the Rampage. They just did a special Halloween episode for all things AEW. All those things and more along with a, a great stream of interviews constantly coming to you guys. Make sure to leave a like and subscribe. Uh, I, I really do appreciate your support. I appreciate you, appreciate you for listening, for giving me the opportunity to sit here and rant and, and share my thoughts on all this stuff. Um, but yeah, you guys, all, all of your support means the world to me, everyone, and I appreciate you. And remember, even on a day has maybe kind of uh, a bit of a bummer as this one, or at least to, to think about some of these, uh, the general thoughts here about Ravana here, about what not knowing what's going to happen next, no matter what. You know, again, I talked to end on happy now. I talked about the, the Halloween episode, the Halloween episode of Ring Around Wrestling. It was fun, and I made it easy to do the one thing we do here wrestling on, and that, my friends, is to enjoy wrestling. Thanks, thanks for listening, everybody.